Ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello, Chris. Hello, Mark, and uh, welcome everyone to uh, episode 19. Who'd have thought we'd have got this far yeah. uh, of the, Geodo- uh, the Geodorable podcast? <laughs> I should learn to say podcast. it. That would be a completely different podcast. Uh, this is a, a, a podcast in which we discuss all things geospatial in New Zealand and beyond. Um, as, uh, as the intro said, I'm Chris Morris. Uh, I'm a long-time purveyor of GIS and uh, a weirologist. And uh, my co-host is Mark Thompson, a spatial connoisseur, and we argue over this. I still think you're a weirographer, but you claim otherwise. I fail to see how I'm a weirographer when I didn't study geography and I've been focused on the technical. Yeah, Also, maybe. you have made better looking maps than I do. That's true. I gladly admit <coughs> that. Cause but I never yeah. did. Anyway. You did geography? Well, okay. only at GCSE level. Yeah, that's enough. I did it at fifth form, but that was just to go on camp. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, people often ask us why we do this podcast. What is the point of your podcast? Which I'm surprised if they'd listen, they'd know. But um, the point of the podcast is that, well, I don't know. We're trying to give something back to the community. This is the best we can come up with. Yeah, trying to generate some discussion on a national, international level about mapping in New, in New Zealand and the world. Um, and how are we doing? Fantastically. Um, yeah. You would have seen we're on Twitter. Yeah, all over it. At my geodorable. And on Facebook, of course, at uh, facebook.com uh, slash geodorable. <laughs> yep, and uh, Gmail, geodorable at gmail.com. Forget the theme. Um, some of the rumours we have to put to bed, though, are about um, doing this from a drunken night in Singapore, well, um, or that we are, are trying to cope for our midlife crisis. I mean, both of those things are partly true. <laughs> well, no, we couldn't afford to get drunk in Singapore. <laughs> that, that, that actually is true. <laughs> if we only had two puddles each. <laughs> Now, uh, both you and I have uh, day jobs, and we would like to keep them. So, it's, uh, yeah. So it is important to uh, to mention that the views and opinions are entirely our own, uh, and uh, are often for satirical or comical uh, purposes. Although this may not always be obvious. Uh, yeah, and no, I thought it would be more that um, surprisingly we have day jobs, even though we're so popular. Yeah. Well. And our sponsors. Um, yeah. Well, we have got a sponsor this week, haven't we? Oh, we have. Um, we have this week we'd like to thank our sponsor Spatial Giraffe sorry I shouldn't laugh I still find it a bit abstract but Spatial Giraffe mm, tell me more uh, well they uh, they come Spatial Giraffe are a company who take industry specific terms yeah. and then combine them with an iconic animal Okay, spatial giraffe, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so whether their customers want a great map or a custom application, yeah, spatial giraffe, they stick their necks out, literally and figuratively, to make sure you get what you want. Boom. Indeed, boom indeed. Cool, excellent. 
Uh, and if you'd like to sponsor us, get in touch. <laughs> cool. So, um, shall we uh, shall we talk about some facts? Shall we talk about ourselves? You talk about news topic of the week. What should we talk about? Well, this podcast, the format of this pod- podcast, is we uh, we do a bit of news, a few news items that are interesting or intriguing, uh, never boring, and then we have a specific topic which we. Uh, Wax lyrical about, uh, and then we have our fav- favorite game, Export to Shapefile. Which, if if you've been along as lo- been along in the game, been around in the game as long as we are, have have. Are you drinking or not drinking? No, as I said, it was five hours on the mountain bike today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you you'll know about Export to Shapefile anyway if you've been around along in the game. Um. And if you haven't, uh, just listen at the end of this, yeah, and it might well, become clear. I'm feeling uh, particularly lucky uh, this week, Mark, with your current state of mind. I, uh, yeah. Well, you never know. It's just like mountain biking up the last bit of hill. You need a little bit of just push on, break through the pain barrier. Don't give up. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, let's do some... Oh, um, are we doing interesting facts? I don't know. Have you got anything interesting to say? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mountain biking. Uh, it, oh, oh, I do actually. It's, it's, it's related to last week's podcast. Oh, yeah? Yes, yeah, so um, last week you told us the world, Chris, about um, your romantic action to your wife. That make, that sounds really <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, you were... Uh, you showed affection. Help me out here. I'm going to really b- make this bad. I think I'm just going to let you carry on because this is probably going to increase anyway, our ratings. you brought your wife a chocolate um, Easter bunny thing. Yeah. And you put some earrings in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, today, I brought my wife a chocolate Easter bunny thing. That's um, quite late. It is, but it's a quarter of the price you paid. <laughs> Oh, she has done really well with you, hasn't she? Uh, yeah, it was my daughter's idea. It was appreciated. Okay. Well, this brings on to an interesting uh, interesting topic, uh, discussion point, I guess. Um, so uh, y- y- you notice that um, in certain professions, they tend to get married to or, or date people from that same profession. So teachers often end up with teachers, doctors often end up with doctors. Or nurses. Or nurses, and lawyers often end up with lawyers. It, it just seems to be the way of the world. Um, and that, that kind of got us to think about, you know, have you ever dated someone from the GIS profession? And my answer is no. Yeah, your answer was no. Uh, my answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is 20 questions about Chris's love life? Well, not really, because um, I'm married now, so I don't have one. But <laughs> What? What about the... the apart from the, that whole rabbit chocolate thing. Anywho, uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. So um, so was this at university? This was at university. This was on my uh, MSE course. Yeah. Um, she was she was in your course? She was. So therefore she counts as a, a GIS person. Although I think she was more remote sensing. Um, it was a while ago. We're all... We're Opt- no, I think she was marine, actually. Um, Isn't that still the weirologist? 
We're, yeah, probably. No, what is it? We're ominous. <laughs> We're ominous. Uh, the, the one that's difficult to pronounce and therefore might get dropped at a later date. Um, if you're wondering what you're talking about, have a look through our Twitter or Facebook about weirologists and weirographers. Um, the the new science of uh, new science of wear from Esri. Uh, how do you fit in? Um, anyway, so I would be very interested to hear. Uh, have you uh, dated a another GIS person, and how did that go? Did you marry your your person, or just just end in a spectacular? Yes, or just you know. Anyway, anyway. Uh, and the other thing we're interested in is um, GIS based chat up lines. Um, <laughs> Why are we interested in that, Chris? Just think it's We're funny. Both happily married, right? Yeah, I'm not planning on trying any out, but I do think they 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 have been quite funny. The ones we found. And all the user conferences are over, the regional ones. No, there's the one in the US. Oh yes, the US, and then the New Zealand one in August. Yes, yeah, so plenty of time to get your GIS based chat up lines. Um, perhaps this is a service we could offer. <laughs> I don't because know. we know how good our. our uh, well, how long have you been married? Uh, 20 years this year there you go and I'm coming up to 10 uh, this year as well so you know between us we've got 30 years of marriage going on yes which would rule us out of the chat up line business <laughs> I know but it proves that it worked at some point anyway well, it, it worked for you because you dated someone from your course yes there we go okay right let's do some news let's do some news Spatial news. Mm. Now, we love maps, Chris. We do. Now, back in, uh, and I checked, episode eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, mentioned this uh, children's map competition uh, run by the International Cartographic Association, or the New Zealand Cartographic uh, Society, I should say, sorry. Yes, NCCS. And, um, yeah, uh, my kids, uh, well, not all of them, but uh, my eldest daughter, she uh, put a map uh, in. Oh, did uh, she? Yeah. Because I remember in episode eight, we did talk about getting our kids to do this. Well, I follow through on things I say. Yeah, mm. I didn't. Oh. But um, she didn't win. Didn't she? So the winners have been announced. The winners have been announced. And... Um, we uh, we were checking this out, and uh, we've got a uh, you know two people regular winners. Oh, sorry, regular uh, regular listeners. Um, kids, we're assuming um, uh, have uh, in the nine to twelve year olds. Um, first place went to Abby Hazelwood. We're, we're kind of assuming um, this is Nathan's. Uh, seen he did post the link up. Yes. Yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, and in the six to eighth. Um, uh, second place for for Poppy, and yeah. fantastic maps. I really like uh, Abby's map there. You know, yeah. uh, we'll post a picture to it, but um, really cool. Yeah, and also um, in the thirteen to fifteen year old, there's quite some. Uh, I suppose the, the first place through a child's eyes is quite striking, really. It is. It's very cool. Um, so we suggest that you look that up, and um, well done to Nathan and his young ladies. Um, and congratulations for being a better parent than we are. <laughs> Spatial news. Now, Chris, I know some things get you excited and some things don't. 
mm. in the world of mapping. Mm. Uh, what three words you're a big fan of? Huge. This, is, this isn't about what three words. Oh, this is it is about a, Uber? Uh, no. Oh, I well. are, you, are you a fan of Uber or you just keep them under surveillance? <laughs> no, they're, they're our new sponsor. All right. Um, but one of the other things that really uh, rocks your world is um, whole VR. Uh, yeah, I do like a bit of VR, that is true. Um, and and got, AR, to be honest. Yeah. All the R's. <laughs> and if you're ever drinking late night with Chris, get him started on which is more relevant, AR versus VR. I think we all know. <laughs> um, so, there's some new uh, GIS applications doing holographic GIS. That's using the uh, Microsoft's uh, HoloLens yeah. technology, right? And is Isaac Genius. Uh, okay, do you right. want to tell us more about this? Uh, the, is it the Tom's River? Yeah, Tom's River. Um, which is a municipal utility authority. Uh-huh. Um, and they have pushed out a holographic platform for all their users. Well, no, I don't know all their users. Yeah, I don't all, because they would have to have quite a lot of uh, headsets. Maybe a small place. <laughs> yeah, maybe a small percentage. Of, um, um, but they have ESREACT.js. Um, so they were very used to analysis and infrastructure maps, etc. And getting data out in the field. Um, but they, say, they started to think about user experience. Mm-hmm. Which is something that does get me going. A good user experience. Um, and how you could easily uh, view and um, understand the data without having to look at maps and interact with it. And so they've built a uh, kind of a, a HoloLens-based, well, a HoloLens-based application, right? HoloLens-based yeah. application. Able to see assets, utilities, objects, etc., obstacles. Now, unfortunately, in this article, they don't have, and I guess this is partly the problem with it, they don't have any uh, kind of examples of exactly what it looks like. But um, they're kind of, uh, I guess the, the the graphic, the diagram, looks pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, it does, but there's a, a graphic. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think this is, uh, you know, we're going to see this growing, growing use of... Um... Well, I was looking at point clouds this week. Week. Well, you know, okay, cool. Yeah, um, and it's amazing what point clouds capture, and it's amazing how it catches your eye. Mm-hmm. The ability to see something, like it was internal point clouds. Um, and you're just looking at the structures that it's caught and what have you. It really does work, I think. If you, you know, we, for me, with some sort of surveying LIDAR of points, but if you could actually walk through it, that would be fantastic. And interestingly enough, that brings us on to our kind of second uh, VR HoloLens story of the week. Uh, and um, there's a great video posted uh, by um, Esri. I admit it's a little old now, uh, but it's a great example of, again, where they've used the Microsoft, uh, sorry, the yeah, Microsoft HoloLens and uh, ArcGIS Runtime. Yeah. Uh, and they've built uh, a custom uh, 
application that allows you to interact with um, archaeological uh, remains. So you're visualising something that you you know isn't even there and has been you know um, discovered by archaeologists. So is, is this from the prototype lab in history, or is this actually a product? Uh, I, I think it's yeah prototype. Right. Okay. So good potential future. Yeah, and the video is really good. You know, you, you kind of you can see the the reason why you might um, use a HoloLens or you know associated technologies to to actually interact with uh, yeah you know in this case things that aren't there and haven't been there for thousands of years. Yeah, but um, but definitely. Well, I I don't know if you could get away from looking silly while wearing them. I think they catch on. It's a bit like Google Glass. Yeah, but the thing with the HoloLens is that you can't see out of it anyway, so you yeah. don't know that you're looking silly. You know, it is my fun, my son's favourite thing to do in a JB Hi-Fi. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spatial news. So, uh, story story maps. We love a good story map, uh, as we've mentioned uh, often on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Uh, and um, one of the things that's always bugged me is um, trying to actually start your story map at a specific place um, because sometimes you want to share it to somebody and go well you know I'm interested in this particular um, element of the story um, and there's a great uh, ArcGIS blog um, that uh, came out uh, last week it was that um, demonstrates how you actually get your story maps to start at uh, particular places within your story map story maps are becoming more prevalent um, they are like when they first started they were quite isolated mm -hmm. but now because it's become more seamless um, you can actually not know you're using a story map if they're not they're yeah yeah true user-friendly um, yeah. so this is just a great trick yep about how to um, go to a story map at a specific place I, I can uh, see myself using this quite a lot yeah, I think you can. Well, for the interactiveness, you know, instead of trying to tell, use one map to tell one a bunch of different stories or aspects of a story, story maps allow you to use a bunch of different maps, etc. Yep. So this allows you to jump in between them. Yep. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So it's cool. Spatial news. And this one is about Esri. Well, not really. Um, this is about a marketplace listing, Esri Marketplace. Um, and our friends at GeoJobe and GeoMarvel mm -hmm. mm -hmm. have a, uh, a um, app. I'm wanting to, wanting to work out what, what, what do you sell on Marketplace? Yeah, apps. I think you, know, you, can, you can say the word app and people will go, oh yeah, know what you mean. Okay, so it's an app that plugs into Arcus Online Portal slash etc. Um, that allows you to visualise change in areas with a few easy clicks. It doesn't by the looks of things. The whole point of it is that it creates GIFs, which you can then share in your, uh, your story map or put it onto Facebook or whatever else. Yeah, GIFs with sliders, I think. Is it gifts beside us? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, actually, it would be great for that. Um, oh, let's talk about it first. So, Map Labs, right? That's the name of it. Mm -hmm. Look it up on the marketplace. 
basically this process allows you to provide multiple images over each other so you can see the rate of change. Yep. Um, really cool plugin. It's offered as a free um, for five images. Um, I so can see us using this as well. I can too. Yeah, I like it. And I was actually thinking this would be great for the retro lens. Oh, interesting. If you could retro lens stuff together, fuse it together, then map apps would be fantastic. Yeah, something to think about there. Yeah. Um, but have a look at map apps. Uh, yeah, well. Pretty clever, and it's it's one of the best things, or better things I've seen on the marketplace. Actually, useful. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Spatial news. Now we talked uh, a lot about this uh, last week. Um, whenever it was. Yes. Um, we talked about the weather last, we did. last podcast because we, we just, well, I just survived the massive storm. And I think, Chris, you had the uh, froth blown off your latte, is that right? Hey, do you know what? It wasn't even that bad, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were sort of bemoaning mm-hmm. the lack of good uh, weather maps. Um, and we found one called openweathermap.org uh, yeah uh, it's, I don't know, it's not, it doesn't do res, ESRI REST formats unfortunately um, but it does do uh, open weather APIs and Google Maps and other typical things you'd expect um, and it's pretty cool maps of, of the world Cloud, it is precipitation, sea level pressure, wind speed temperature it's, it's looking really nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's looking really good. Um, um, so if you were trying to put together one like you were last week, Chris, Yep. Um, you could have used Open Weather Map. It's definitely something I'm going to be trying. Yeah. I can tell you that it is currently 15 in Auckland. Oh, only 14 in Tarrawin. Oh, oh, yeah, lack of, um, lack of street lighting. <laughs> <laughs> and less cars uh, contributing to the global warming. Uh, yes, could be. Yeah. But open weather map. Have now, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty good. Again, we'll put a link out to that. It'd um, be great to see some, uh, some, some maps generated from it. Yeah, and speaking of weather, we've had some uh, feedback. We have. About the weather. Um, and last week we were sort of bemoaning the lack of weather data available. Yep. Um, and it was pointed out to us by one of our listeners, Lee Hunt, that um, the UK has really good ones. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I remember uh, working with the Environment Agency back when I used for you know used to work for Esri UK, and um, you know. They provide a, a national floodplain, they amongst do. other things. They, they provide, provide a lot of floodplain. They do, yeah. Um, so we, yeah, no, I don't know, we're probably complaining about lots of things last week. Um, but so the type of maps you can get uh, from the Environment Agency: long-term risk of flooding, flood map for planning, live flood warnings, river and sea levels, coastal erosion. Manage, risk management schemes, uh, pollution, 
water temperature, drinking water. All right, catch some data. That's a whole heap of data that you there. Water quality. Yeah. <clears throat> I say air pollution as well as normal pollution. I just a bunch of really useful information. And I guess it, it, it is because, you know, um, in the UK, you know, flooding is uh, regarded as a, at a national level. And so you have a national agency dealing with it, whereas here it's regarded much more at a regional scale. The which is why thing, we... Yeah, yep. sorry. Well, I was, I, was, I was talking to an acquaintance of the regional council saying, why, where's your data? And he, he said, oh, you can download it. And it's like, what, through an API? And he goes, no, no, we just provided the CSV files for the previous year. Brilliant. And I, I went on to uh, Auckland Council's website to, to see if I could download it there. And while it's on their um, their, their kind of GIS web um, uh, web map, yeah. um, I went to the Open Data Portal and, and it's not there. You can't download it. Or even connect through it through an API. Well, I don't think so, no. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of understand not downloading it if you had it as an API. Mm. Um, but because it's weird, because Auckland traffic cameras are an API. Yeah. But things that really matter. Oh. So, um, please, if you're listening, if you're from councils or whatever, and we've got it wrong, please correct us and uh, show us where we can actually get some of this data. It'd be great. Yeah, uh, it would be uh, it would be good to see a kind of a national um, flood map produced at some point. Yeah, well, mm. everyone's got them, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the news. It is the news. Great news, Chris. Thanks, Mark. Great, great, great effort. If people had any comments on the news or like to contribute to the news, uh, what would the, what would they do? There are many things they could do. They could uh, they could uh, get us on Twitter um, at mygeodorable. Uh, they could go to our Facebook page at facebook uh, slash or facebook.com slash geodorable. Yeah. Drop us a line at uh, geodorable at gmail.com. Yes. Um, or perfectly nice, just phone. You know, you can actually. You, do you know what? You can leave a voicemail on our Facebook, Facebook. page. I was going to say phone. What? Do you want me to give out your cell phone number? Yeah. It's, anyway, um, you can actually leave a voicemail on our Facebook page as well. It'd be great to get um, a few of those, wouldn't it? Well, a few more, yeah. Hmm. Um, and we really do appreciate all the correspondence. Shall we move on to Topic of the Week? Week, week, week. Topic of the Week. Oh, that's loud. It'll come up quite It does. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think it's just your ears, mate. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, um, right. Topic of the week this week is it's it's the uh, the app that launched GIS. Oh, can I say that? Do you reckon that's wrong? The app that launched GIS. Well, you know what I mean. Are you talking about the open source software that Esri was built on? No. All right. So Google Earth. Google Earth. You mean the app, the uh, company that launched consumer-based maps? Okay fine but we can both agree that when google earth came out there was quite a lot of uh, head scratching what does this mean for the industry um what a fantastic tool that it, this is etc 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 well i was working for a Esri distributor at the time mm-hmm. 
and um, we actually had Jake Dangerman coming and uh, talk to us about it. Where was um, that? Uh, three years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, we actually talked about the threat of Google. Um, I don't know how much of a threat it's actually turned out to be. It's definitely driven the world into a good place with consumer-based GIS. Yeah, I don't think it's been a threat. I think, if anything, it's it's opened up the market. I think it's it's made mapping way yeah. more pervasive, right? Well, it, it has, because so many companies use the Google Maps API they KML and loaded on top of it. And those are really customers that Esri couldn't get. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, but it's also made people, when they start on the mapping program, go, hmm, I think we need a bit more serious mapping aspect here. Yeah. And so they've looked at other companies. But Google Earth was relaunched. Relaunched? Updated? Yeah, well, we mentioned this in the last podcast. Um, it was relaunched or, yeah, new version uh, released on the uh, 18th. Um, yeah. And that means we've had uh, a week or so to play with it. And play with it we have. Um, I think what the first thing that, that strikes me about it is, um, well, one, there's there's no plugin, right? Yes. It just works from your browser. This isn't actually new. Um, well, last year or two. Okay. There's um, WebGL, etc. Yeah, been using point clouds and um, as open source stuff like Cesium that are doing that. Yeah. Um, I think the real wow for this one is the imagery they've done. It does look absolutely stunning, doesn't it? They've spent a caboodle on imagery. A I what? Caboodle. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Um, what, I you don't know why they've spent that much? I still don't get the point of Google Earth <laughs> in terms of advertising revenue for Google. <laughs> Maybe they're collecting data about you. I don't know, but um, let's just say uh, everybody says Google Earth, right? You know? Yeah. Maybe it keeps it at the forefront of people's minds. Um, but yeah, the web version or the desktop pro version yep. um, has stunning imagery and it's fast. It is. It, it looks it's really very good. Very fast. You kind of get the little uh, blue marble kind of reference, don't you, when you when you look at it? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help the flat earth um, theory. <laughs> Do we have to worry about them? Uh, no. But um, what else have you noticed, Chris, apart from the staggeringly good imagery? Well, I really like the UI. I mean, it's really clean, right? You know, it's it, it's. Well, it doesn't do a lot, Chris. Second. It doesn't do a lot. What? Google Earth. No, no, no. Fair enough. It 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 doesn't do very much anymore. Um, and uh, and I guess that's partly because they, you know, Google are kind of moving out of that space a little bit. But it, in terms of being able to visualise places, I think it's uh, it's amazing uh, application. Yeah. Um, it, it is, I guess, more consumer focused now. Um, you know, the, the the interface is really clean. There's only what one, two, three, four, four, you know, half a dozen buttons on it. Yeah. Ten buttons at most. So, I mean, I 
um, I tried to add some data to it. I thought, oh, I'll try and add a uh, WMS. Yep. Nope. Um, nope. Asri REST API. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, WTS, no. Any other sort of open source? Uh, or KML. So I can add a KML file to it. Okay. Um, how do I do that? Well, I don't go to the data menu. I go to the file open menu, which I found a little bit odd. Because whenever I go file open, like in Word, it tells me, do you want to save your document? So I open a new one. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, it's still basically looking at file-based data. But this isn't the pro version, right? No, it is. Is it? I think it is. <laughs> hmm. I mean, some of the, the there are certain elements to it that I think are quite reminiscent of um, of Google in some way. It, uh, sorry, Google of, of Esri. So I think they uh, they have this new Voyager. Um, yeah. Uh, and they're a bit like story maps, really. So you you know you go to this Voyager, you click on a particular story. So I'm looking at um, yeah national uh, it's called nature's treasures at the moment. And it kind of walks you through these beautiful, uh, these beautiful locations. Well, I think this is this is why I can see see them doing it. I'm still not sure of the connection, but um, if you're trying to go to a place that you've never been before and planning your trip, you'd pull up Google Earth and walk through it. Yeah. Because it would give you the sense of wow, I really want to go there. Um, so maybe it's a move to stop the other trippy devices, etc. Trying to recommend places? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, with the, with the Voyager tools, it, it's very much like a story map. Yeah, integration of imagery, video, and yeah, you know, lets you click through stories. Um, you know, with Google providing the, you know, it is stunning imagery in the background. Yeah, it is. Um, I also found when I used it, I mean, this is not to hate on it, but I used it on a uh, Surface Pro, mm-hmm. and when I pinched the screen to zoom in, um, it zoomed into the center, not where I was pinching, Okay. which I found very frustrating. I wonder if that's a, a particular issue with you or the Surface Pro, because on my touch screen, it, it works pretty well. Uh, well, I don't know if it was me, because I'm pretty sure pinching's, well, I'm pinching normally. Well, yeah, you tried to pinch a piece of paper um, a couple of weeks back, so... <laughs> well, I'm well practiced. Yeah. Um, no, okay. I went I went to Esri just to double check that I wasn't dreaming that we actually pin, where we pinch it zooms into. And yep. Esri did it, but Google didn't. So. Um, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what else have you noticed about it? Uh, what else? I know. Good integration with uh, Street View, by the way, sorry. Oh, that's true, actually, yep. Um, Although slightly annoying. Why slightly annoying? You, you zoom in and then you, you don't want to go to Street View, and then it takes you to Street View, so you've got to zoom out a little bit. Like, I wish there was a little, you're about to enter Street View or something. Okay, I haven't really noticed that, but... Like, if you zoom in too far, you get to Street View. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think... You. I think I've been spending too much time looking in uh, locations that haven't got Street View. Because uh, right. I kind of know what Auckland looks like because I've been there quite a lot. Okay. So, you know, when you said uh, when you tried to add KML, you found it difficult. What were you doing? 
Well, no, I didn't find it difficult. I just thought to add, I would have gone add. But you don't. You go open. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yep. Um, and when it goes add path or polygon or model, um, I mean, this, this, this is, I think, it, well, no, it's a little bit confusing. What you're actually doing is drawing in 3D, which is cool. Um, yeah. But what I actually was wanting to do was add data, so it may have just been a miscommunication of GIS terms with normal people terms. Okay, could be. The, uh, I think the 3D is pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, it's very much the visuals, isn't it? It's very much the shiny that um, I, I I get particularly attracted to. But, you know, downtown Auckland's looking pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if you go to Paris and London, yeah. they're, um, they're staggering with the 3D models. Because they've 3D modelled everything, basically. Everywhere they flew, they're 3D modelled. Yep. Um, and I also like these new cards. So when you actually search for something, you get this kind of card interface that tells you a little bit about the place that you uh, you just searched for. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. London is. Ah, look at that. Um, and it's the detail. So if you look at their, uh, so the photogrammetry they've done is the usual five camera interface, etc., etc. If you know anything yep. about photogrammetry. But the 3D resolution they've got off that from combining the five images together, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I do wonder how they uh, decide um, where the centre of a city is. Ah, yes. <laughs> like, is there an internationally recognised centre of city? Uh, um, I don't know, register? I don't know, but there's an... Um Obviously, New Zealand, the AA or someone designates where the, is it the post office? It used to be the post office. So when you say there's you know 50k to Auckland, it's 50k from where you are now to the uh, central post office. Mm, okay. But I don't know if the rest of the world does that. No idea. What is interesting? Uh, just noticed. I've just zoomed to Trafalgar Square because that's where the centre of London is in Google's eye. Um, no people. People, they might have done some. Also, you also notice a lack of cars. I mean, Focus Square doesn't have cars. It does around the outside. No, you are right though. Yeah, there they very few cars on the streets. And if you look, you can see faint images of red buses, like ghost buses running through. And yeah, so they're obviously done. It's oh, yeah. removing these cars. And yeah. It looks a little bit like uh, um, 28 Days Later. You know that movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've done some very, very clever stuff. They have. I've just found a really weird anomaly. I'm going to have to post that. Um, something very odd going on in uh, the back of Scotland Yard. <laughs> I don't think you mean to talk about that. Oh, no, but is that right? I think it's a crane. Oh, I don't know. That's very cool. I'll have to post that one up. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think uh, Google have done a good job. It's nowhere near as you're right, as functional as it you know has been in the past from a from a kind of GIS-y, mappy, you know, a- analytical perspective. It's now much more of just a visualization tool. Yeah, um, but pretty cool visualization. 
it is uh, yeah I'd be quite pleased to uh, to be able to produce this you know myself if you know what I mean <laughs> you wouldn't be relying on a podcast for your retirement fund no that's true because um, we make an obscene amount of money from this podcast don't we we do but we'd be making more if we uh, knew how to make Google Earth that's true um, that's I've true. just found a weird floating blue sphere above Auckland I'll post mm. it anyway, I think this is what people so do now they, that's the topic of the week so Google Earth thumbs up yeah I reckon so yeah, yeah. it's pretty good um, and very very usable to go to places and see what they look like cool so we have one last uh, one last thing to do as we always do Chris we battle it out yeah um, some people do Pokemon some people do chess we do a thing that combines both of those particular games skill of memory yeah that's skill Pokemon strategy that's chess uh, and an obscure knowledge of Esri Toolbox. And that's uh, Export to Shapefile. <laughs> it's geekery for you. Uh, so Export to Shapefile, it's a game where you try and manoeuvre um, among the Esri tool sets. Each move, in theory, limits the next move of the person by the type of tool you choose and the tool set you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, until hopefully you've backed a person into a corner and the only possible tool they can use is Export to Shapefile. And uh, we're playing the quick version. Yes. There are a number of different uh, different versions. This, this is, is just... Um, and uh, let's hope it's more exciting than last week's draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit boring. <laughs> right. Export to shapefile. I think you serve. No, I think I started last time. I think it's your go. Okay. Sure. Hmm... Okay, I'll have to think of something. Um, I'm going to go quite specific to try and trick you early. Add feature class to terrain. Oh, 3D analysts. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay within the toolset. Uh, inside 3D. Inside 3D. Mm. Okay, I didn't think you'd go for that one. Um, I'll then point distance. Coverage tool set. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'm not well. quite sure what you're doing. Um, reclass by table. Ooh. Again, 3D analyst. Yeah, yeah, 3D analyst. Okay. I'll mix it up. Diagnose version, me- diagnose version metadata. I love that tool. I've never used it. Yeah, no, have I. Nobody does metadata. <laughs> metadata is important. Um, I have a story about metadata for another day. Okay, uh, you're just trying to put me off. Um, metadata. It's a funny story though. Uh, delete. Ooh, I might have put you off there. Uh, add terrain pyramid level. Back to the 3D analyst toolbox. Ooh, uh, ooh ruling a few things out. Um, create version, I think. Yep. Safe and steady. Uh, okay, I'll I'll see your uh, safe and steady move with an, another one. 
sit subtype field. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, that's pushing me in places I didn't particularly want to go. Uh, corridor. Oh, ooh. Okay. Upgrade your database. Ooh. Um, Ropes. Warp from file. Ooh. You are digging deep for this tonight. Okay. Uh... Curveball. Contour list. <sighs> contour list, contour list. Well, that rules out. Oh, that rules out and everything. It rules out 3E. Um, rules out a lot. Ah, oh, nope. Uh, uh, export shape file. Woohoo! Cat and Ching. Yeah. It was abstract, wasn't it? I thought you were going to be like, you know, a little bit. I thought I was going to be mentally <laughs> tired. So still, it's that last hill. You, you know, you just have to dig in deep, and my brain's fried now. <laughs> well, nicely played. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm a bit depressed now, actually. <laughs> well, I could I could try and sound consolidating, consolidating, consoling. But you just think I was condescending. Yeah, well, I, I think that anyway. Yeah, so I I just I would say good game. Okay, thanks, mate. Um, I'm trying to teach my son to be a good winner. Mm. It's nice that he can be, you know. He's not. Oh. <laughs> if you've ever seen Richard Hammond in Top Gear versus the Germans, the first episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's him. Okay, well, things to work on. Just get him to uh, play export shape a few times against you know. A master such as yourself. Uh, yeah, he'll just give up and try and win something that he's good at. Mm. Ah, so great podcast, Chris. Thanks, Mark. You are wonderful as ever. I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I hope listeners have enjoyed it. Indeed, and we'll be back uh, next week. Next week, look out for us on Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> I'd say email, but that would just be spam. <laughs> if you are getting spam from Geodorable, it's not us. No, it's not. Don't send your credit card. <laughs> well, unless... Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and with that... Send you us know? your credit card details and we'll rip you off. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, we wouldn't rip you off. <laughs> we'd just make a donation. Are we a yes, charity, well, charity yet? I mean, if you want to buy Geodorable merchandise, you know, I'm sure we could arrange something. Yeah. If you'd like to feature in our Sponsor of the Week... Yes, uh, come up big with shout something. out to Spatial Giraffe. Yeah, they stick their neck out for you. That's such a good laugh, pun joke. Anyway, <laughs> uh, ta-ta for now. Bye. Yes, see you later.